Chapter Ten of the Yellow Dove by George Gibbs. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tony Oliva. The Yellow Dove. In a daze, Dora saw Cyril bend over the prostrate figure and then come toward her. Dead? She whispered in horror. But he didn't seem to hear her. He caught her by the arm and forcibly led her inland. Dead she whispered again it might have been you or you she heard him say sharply me yes but it's my fault i should have guessed john rizzio wouldn't kill me oh it's unbelievable you know too much he gave a short laugh far too much for your own good or mine he caught her suddenly by both arms and made her look straight into his eyes doris you've seen nothing you've heard nothing tonight do you understand his grasp on her arms hurt her but she bore it without a murmur yes she said you swear it yes faintly i do i've got to go away from benakil tonight i can't tell you why you've got to go straight to kilmorak house now you're owed over take the shortcut by horsham hill it's not so well known i would go with you but i haven't a moment to spare don't trust anyone not even the maids at the house go back to london tomorrow with jack sandys and don't let him leave you until you're safe at ashwater park where's your horse she told him and followed blindly where are you going cyril she pleaded it doesn't matter he found the horse and untied the bridle tell me cyril i've earned the right to know something has happened he said quietly which has put all my plans in danger and you yes the thing i've been trying to do may fail it hangs or falls by this issue but what what you can't know that he said quickly don't ask me anything more i can't answer but trust in me if you can trust in me doris and if you love me silence he gave her a lift into the saddle and kissed her hand then he looked around him and gave a parting injunction now cut sharp off the right in the darkness until you strike the old sheep trail you can see it quite plainly in the heather follow it to the head of the ridge then take the road to horsham hill Goodbye, and god bless you a sob rose in her throat and she could only wave a hand in reply and so she left him standing there alone gazing after her with bared head in the darkness the strain on her nerves had told on her and she set her side saddle listlessly holding on by the pommel and peering into the darkness before her with eyes that saw nothing but pictures of death she could not forget the wounded man grasping at space as he tottered on the rim of the rocks cyril had killed a man war she had thought war a more glorious thing this seemed very like murder she blessed god for stryker who had come so opportunely rizzio had tried to kill cyril in horror she had seen him raise his pistol and aim but at her cry he had missed his shot 
and with the disabling of his confederates he had fled rizzio was a german spy then since they were enemies of course cyril was loyal playing a part to deceive the enemy learning its secrets that england might profit by them the message what was the message that the german naval officer had brought which had so disturbed cyril what was this mysterious duty of cyril's which meant so much to his cause the success or failure of which hung by a thread she tried to think what cyril could do in england and after a time the thing began to come to her cyril was acting for england he had succeeded in the guise of a german secret agent in finding the traitor in the war office and it was cyril who had caused the arrest of captain byfield rizzio too was a german spy who for some reason or other had been sent oh god that was it the germans suspected cyril and had used john rizzio to put him to the test had set a thief to catch a thief cyril had found that the message was a dangerous one and had refused to give it up to rizzio that seemed to explain everything cyril's willingness to have her burn the papers rizzio's anxiety to save them that he might send them to his employers the second packet of papers a false message prepared for a purpose which cyril was to fulfill the german naval officer his message what was it imagination refused to aid her she could not understand he brought a command a test of cyril's loyalty to germany perhaps was that it and if so what a test which meant victory or defeat that was what cyril's last words had meant victory or defeat life or death it was a desperate game that he was playing and what was he going to do tonight that made it necessary for him to leave her to ride to kilmorick house alone bewildered and weary with excitement and much thinking she gave it up and as in a daze set her mind to the task of finding the way to horsham hill she rode on inland searching for the old sheep trail as cyril had described it to her but as the minutes went by and she did not find it she began to think that she must have passed it in the darkness she had ridden at a walk for hours it seemed keeping as she thought in a direction which would surely lead her to a road toward the hill but she realized now that she was lost on the moor and that it might be morning before she would find her way to betty heathcote's she stopped her horse and peered in every direction nothing but the undulations of the moor hill and dale a dead tree outlined against the sky masses of rock uncouth in form bushes which whispered in the wind the babble of a tarn somewhere behind her though she had not remembered passing it there were no lights in any direction none even from the heavens for the stars had gone out after a long while she wondered vaguely what time it was she had no watch but it seemed that a paleness like that which precedes the dawn had spread along the sky though it hardly seemed possible it could be so late as that 
three four o'clock she thought it might be perhaps later the one thing that now seemed to persist in her mind was the hope that wilson had obeyed orders and kept lady heathcote in ignorance of her absence she was startled by her horse which without moving had stretched his neck and whinnied loudly he too had realized the aimlessness of their wanderings and wanted the warm stalls at the kilmorick stables doris tried to think what was best to do all sense of direction was gone and she was beyond even the sound of the sea at last she decided to try a slight eminence and see if she could make out the bulk of benakilt but a mist had fallen and when she reached the height she was no wiser than before fortunately it was not cold and if she did not fall from the saddle in utter weariness daylight would show her away she got down from her horse and fastening him to a bush walked to and fro to keep awake waiting for the day for at sunrise she could make her way toward the east until she reached the coast after which by following the cliffs to the right she would reach the lodge and from there the way to kilmorick house she had grown accustomed to the silences and now and then paused in her pacing to stop and listen she thought she heard a sound different from the others behind her it seemed a subdued murmur which as she listened grew in intensity until she clearly made it out to be the quick reverberations of a motor running with its cutout open it was coming fast and in a moment a long fan of light shot across the sky from below the brow of a distant hill and then fell suddenly to earth where it picked out the shapes of trees and bushes along which appeared to be its road the motor was not traveling toward her but at an angle which would make it pass near her but quickly as she mounted and rode toward it she was unable even to come within earshot before the machine had passed and was lost to sight in the distance it had not gone by so rapidly that doris had not been able to make out on a rise of ground against the sky the profile of a roadster and the shapes of two men cyril and stryker there could be no doubt about it for the body of cyril's car was familiar to her and the chances of any other machine being abroad in this locality at this hour were remote indeed where were they going in which direction toward saltam rocks or northward she did not know but decided to take the chance and follow she reached the road without difficulty a trail it appeared to be with well-defined wheel tracks and the marks of hoofs she pressed her horse onward in the wake of the speeding machine not to overtake it but to reach a destination of some sort which would be better than the utter loneliness of the desolate moor the silence and inaction of which made her a prey to unhappy thoughts her horse was willing and as the going was good broke into a brisk trot which for a while kept the glow of the swinging searchlight of the machine in sight but presently that too disappeared and all was as before 
and glancing above she understood to her right a pale streak of light was showing along the horizon and above her between patches of dark clouds she caught a faint reflection of violet light it was the beginning of the dawn dawn on her right that meant the east she was riding north then north and to what destination she had ridden this road with cyril but never to its end which as she knew was among the unhospitable crags of ruda moor a wild spot unfrequented by any except cyril's gamekeepers what was cyril's errand in the night to such a place when everything that had happened would seem to indicate the necessity for his immediate return to london the same kind of curiosity that had made her open the package of cigarette papers against cyril's wishes stimulated her to follow this quest to its end she forgot that she had had no sleep all night and little the night before a physical weariness now she seemed to have none and in the growing light she urged her tired horse forward into a hard gallop which covered the miles swiftly she came to the cliffs and saw the sea passed inland again the going was rougher here less turf and more rocks and winds while to her left the hills were split by crags which protruded in fantastic shapes like heads of prisoned monsters of the underworld which had forced their way up through the crust of the earth to the light of day it was curious the trail was well worn here as it had been before and there were signs of much hauling what was going on at ruda moor the place could not be far distant for she saw that the road wound up the rocks and fell away rapidly into a deep gorge the further side of which she could see dimly colored with the opalescent tent of the east this she thought must be nearly the end of her ride she did not know what was in store for her and was doubtful as to her wisdom but she was eaten with curiosity and dismounted led her horse slowly to the lip of the gorge and peered over what she saw made her gasp she drew quickly back tethered her horse to a bush and came forward again nearby under a shed built on the brink of the cliff was cyril's roadster but of cyril and stryker she saw no sign beneath her feet the cliffs fell away rapidly by easy steps down which she marked a well-worn footpath the bottom of the gorge was of rock and sand shelving gradually toward the sea and fairly in its middle built strongly of rough lumber she saw a shed with wide doors which even now were open a large hangar from which as she looked several figures wheeled forth a huge aeroplane to a platform of planks which extended for a long way toward the sea from a distance it was difficult to judge its measurements but by comparison with the heights of the men doris knew that she had never seen a machine so large as the east grew lighter she could see cyril plainly he came out of the hangar dressed in leather gave some orders which made the other figures hurry 
and a series of deafening explosions from the engine as they tuned it up gave doris a sense of immediate departure for a while she watched fascinated her interest in the size of this huge toy and its possibilities making a separate mind picture which superseded all those that had gone before but as the light grew stronger and she made out the color of the wide yellow plains she started up with a cry which would have been heard by the men below her had it not been for the racket that the engine was making a huge machine with yellow wings she remembered jack sandy's description a thousand horsepower at least the yellow dove this was the yellow dove and the man of mystery its driver was cyril spellbound and trembling with excitement she watched cyril climb up into one of the seats cyril was going to fly to the germans she knew it now to obey the commands which had been brought last night by the german officer commands to come to germany and explain his failure to deliver his secret message to rizzio they suspected him and yet he was going to face them it was desperate foolhardy insane he would never come back not victory but death that was what it meant she ran out to the very edge of the rocks shrieking his name but the sounds were lost in the fearful din of the motor below the explosions echoed and re-echoed in the gorge which seemed to quiver with the volume of sound not a head from below was turned up to look at her and she had a sense of her own unimportance in the immensity of cyril's viewpoint she saw the yellow machine start slowly down the incline gathering momentum as it ran until it left the runway and rose magnificently its engine roaring steadily clearing the surf and rocks and heading straight into the growing day oh god that she could have suspected him of anything base and dishonorable a man who could face death as he was doing as he had been doing for months cyril the yellow dove there could be no doubt of it for she had seen with her own eyes she understood now many things that had been a mystery before why he could not speak to her the reasons for his occasional absences for his air of indifference for his coolness in the face of adverse criticism she understood about john rizzio and the reasons why cyril had wanted her to take such precautions in getting safely back to ashwater park precautions which she had disregarded but what mattered about her when cyril every day every hour for months had taken chances against death the most ignominious death of all her heart was big with pride in him and she followed the yellow dove with her gaze now rising high and diminishing rapidly in the mist her soul in her moist eyes and on her lips which were whispering words that she hoped could follow him into the distance her cyril still hers and england's the honorable cyril whom the world had come to know as the yellow dove she stood in the shelter of the rocks for she knew now in which way her duty to cyril lay and waited until the aeroplane was but a speck against the sky 
when she turned with a sigh which was almost a gasp of weariness and walked slowly toward her horse the ride before her was long but by good riding she might still reach kilmorick house before lady betty's guests were up otherwise her reputation was gone she knew that for she could make no explanation of any kind on that she was quick footsteps behind her her arms caught from behind a glimpse of a strange face and then something white over her head a pungent odor and unconsciousness End of chapter 10